Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Father, as I come before you, Lord, I just decrease that you increase in me, Lord. And give me the tongue of the wise, Lord, that I can convey your heart to your people. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to tell you the, the title of this message. Um, things in my life kind of through this whole process uh, what's going on have just really slowed down and uh, God's allowed me to take pieces and just really look at what things meant um, for instance this past weekend I went deep sea fishing now I didn't realize the boat was going to be a little bitty boat you know <laughs> taking on water but I noticed something so as we were trying to balance out the boat you know we, we working these muscles trying to balance out the boat at the end of the day, my legs felt like rubber. And, uh, but the next day, they felt stronger. And what I'm saying from that is that I realized that God is moving by di um, divine design to periodically disturb our peace or our equilibrium so we can grow. And I just, you know, as I was looking at this and seeing, wow, this is, this is really interesting what God is showing me. And also that God is in a time, I think it's a time of restoration, for putting things back, for changing destinies. You know, God is a faithful God. And he's changing some things. He's, he's restoring some things. Um, if you would, let's turn to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 15, verse 1 through 11. So as I was reading this, God was just giving me insight on certain scriptures in here. All right. Now, 1 Samuel 15, 1 through 11, Samuel the prophet had gone to Saul to anoint him king uh, by the word of the Lord. So he went by the word of the Lord and he told Saul to hearken to the voice of God. That means with the intent to do, he wanted him to really pay attention to what God was saying. You see, God has some unfinished business that he wanted taken care of. When the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, they were attacked by the Amalekites. And God remembered that. And he wanted them wiped out. Um, as his children came out of the wilderness into their promised land. So I was doing some research. It said this is the most widely ignored command in the Bible. I said, wow, that's interesting that God wanted them wiped out, everything about them wiped out. And the Amalek is associated to the city of the world. It deals with your morals, okay, with your morals. Um, it brings doubt to what God is saying. He's, Amalek spirit is trying to stop you at the beginning of your walk with the Lord. So God wanted them to be destroyed. Everything that they represented, he wanted destroyed. And now if we turn to Luke uh, chapter 17, uh, verse 1 uh, through 2, I'd like to give a witness so we can kind of understand what God is saying. He said the Old Testament is for an example for us. Amen? All right? And it says here, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck 
and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. See, the Amaleks attacked at the beginning where God was taken to them. And you'll find that as well, that in our lives we have battles that at the beginning of our walk with the Lord, things come against us hard. All right. And in 1 Samuel, we're going to stay in 1 Samuel 15 chapter. So just kind of hold that as we go to other scriptures. In verse 8, it lets us know that King Saul saw some good in the thing that God wanted destroyed. God said, kill everything. But Samuel, King Saul, only destroyed the things that were vile. Those things that were easily seen as wrong. But he found good in other things. Um, and a lot of times in our lives, God is saying, get rid of this, get rid of that as we are growing, as we're elevating. And we may get rid of those things that we can say, the drinking, the, the drugging, things like that. We'll get rid of those quick whistle. We can't do that. But we hold on to things like pride, you know, and that's different levels of pride that we have to go through. And we'll hold on to that. We'll say, well, God, you know. I just, you know, I'm comfortable with this, so I don't really want to let this thing go. But God wants all of that destroyed. Amen. So in 1 Samuel 14, I saw something as well in 1452. See, that we got to be wise in terms of the devil's tricks. And it said this about King Saul. He said, Saul, when he saw any strong man or any uh, a brave man, he took unto him. So this is the world. So the world is like that. They see your gifts and your talents. They'll try to pull you in before you recognize who you are. They'll see something in you, and they, they want to take advantage of that. So we have to be mindful of that. This is why it's so important that our gifts and our talents be submitted to a higher power, okay? Because if they're not, there's going to be trouble. Because they're going to be pulling people and things are going to be pulling on you with that, what God has designed just for the church. And we see that in Romans uh, 13, verse 1. It tells us, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. For these powers are ordained by God. So we have to understand that God and delegated authority are inseparable. Therefore, when we rebel against God's delegated authority... We're rebelling against God. So we have to keep that in mind as we move on. As we submit our gifts and talents to this body, to the man and woman of God. It keeps us out of the, out of the pools and the temptations because that's submitted to God. Amen. God's leadership fights for us and we have to understand that. I know the pastors, they pray all the time, and, and I listen to what they say. They call every name out, every family. They know my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, our children. They call them all out. Amen. So I'm thankful for that, of that covering that they give me to move and, and not be bothered about some things. You know, even when I go out of town, you know, let them know, hey, I'm going out of town. So I'm covered as I'm going into other arenas, other Prince of the air, you know, that I'm covered as I'm out there. 
Amen. Amen. And Isaiah 28, 10 tells us, for there must be precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So we have to understand these pieces that God is showing us, how they're put together so we can see the whole. As I said, the name of this was cry, because I find myself sometimes lately, I'm looking at situations and I'm seeing God and I'm crying. I hear something or something has on TV or something and it's something about a relationship maybe between a father and a son. And I find myself crying, looking at God. I say, oh man, that's a God move right there. That's something that God would do. You know, I'm seeing that in a lot of things. So cry, cry to Christ releases you. So God wants to release you. And these other things are coming against you to try to hold you back. As we look at verse 11, I see Samuel, the prophet, cried out all night before the Lord for Saul. So we need to have that same intensity for our brothers and sisters. Amen? We need to have that same intensity. I see my brother going through something. My sister going through something. Hey, I'm willing to lay it down. Let's pray for him. Let's stand in the gap. Amen? Amen. Now, um, in verse 17, it says this. And it says, when thou, uh, 1 Samuel uh, 15, 17, when thou was little uh, in your sight, it says, was thou was little in your sight. So it let me see that a lot of times we have to let people know that no matter, you think because you're not in the front or doing this, uh, you're behind the scenes, that you matter, that you are important to the house. You are important to the whole. You are important. Uh, the Bible tells us that every joint has to supply. That means we all have to be, have all things in common, that we're working together. Amen? So whatever role God has put you in to play at this particular time, it's important, and you do matter. So God, as I was talking to God, I was like, God, it was so encouraging to me as I was studying this out. And I said, God, I want to really relay this because how it made me feel. Because I've gone through situations and times in my life where I thought I wasn't important. It didn't matter what I did. Not understanding that I was connected to the whole. I was connected to the body. And when you have a mindset that you're connected to the body, there's certain things that you won't do. The Bible tells us it's the love of God that constrains us, that sets borders, boundaries in our lives. And we all have to have those boundaries. And the fact of knowing that you are a part and you matter and that you love what's going on, some things you won't do because you just love. Amen? And we have to get to that point where we understand that everything matters. We all matter. Now, in 1 Samuel 25 and 39, God was showing me some things uh, that caused division. Um, and at the end, I'll just name them all. But right here in um, Samuel 
uh, 1 Samuel 25, 39, we see a person called Nabal. I think I pronounced that right. Um, and he did not do what was right to King David at the beginning when David was becoming king, in his early years of becoming king. Um, he was not quite king yet, but God had anointed him. And, um, and he did some foolishness. And David said, bless the Lord. And he pleaded the cause uh, for his approach. And God kept, and God kept him, uh, the Bible says, God kept his servant from evil. And the wickedness of Nabal returned on his own head. Now, his name actually means foolishness, lack of sensitivity, foolishness. So God said, all this came back on him. Then we go to the book of Esther. Esther is a really good book to read. You see so many aspects of how God is working and what he's doing. So in the book of Esther, uh, chapter 5, verse 9. We see somebody else that was um, against the man of God, Haman, uh, a Haman, uh, and it said that he was full of indignation against Mordecai. So he had no reason to hate Mordecai except Mordecai was a Jew, okay? And he he plotted on how to kill him. He wanted him dead, and we see here that he even built gallows to hang Mordecai on. But God had a different plan. Amen? God had a different plan. And he has a different plan for our lives as well. The things that the, de that the devil has done in our lives, the situations we've been in that you thought were evil or you felt like you couldn't come out of, God had a different plan. That he was going to bring you out of that and you were going to be a witness for him. Amen? A witness for him. So in Esther 5 and 14, I can say he built these gallows. And in Esther 7 and 9, we see here that the plans and the thoughts that he had against Mordecai, all the plans he had, hey, you ought to do this to him. We're going to build these gallows. We're going to hang him. Everything that he wanted against Mordecai came upon him. And he was hanged on those very gallows. So we see that God is always looking out for us. Even when we don't think he is. Or any, a lot of times in this what we call microwave generation, we want to see something happen fast. But like if you cook a meal, I love cooking. And if you, I love grilling. But you know like with ribs, some people like to boil the ribs before they put them on the grill. That's, that's a little cheat there because now you're cooking it faster. But if you take your time and put that raw meat on and baste it, turn it over and all, it gets that flavor way down deep inside. And that's, you know, and that's the thing. We have to be waiting, you know, as we marinate in God's word, staying obedient to his word. God is working something out. Amen. Something that's going to taste really good for you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> The Bible says that God is not so unrighteous to forget our labors of love. And see, sometimes as we're doing things, like I have been in situations before in my life, not at this church, but another church, I was doing a whole lot of things. 
but I wasn't doing it unto the Lord. I was just doing it because it was there to do. And so at a point in time, I felt like, for lack of better, I was being pimped. It's like, I'm doing all these things, and I wasn't doing it unto the Lord. And so it was about me. But God doesn't want that. He wants your labor of love. Everything that you do, you're doing unto him. And as you do things unto him, he rewards you. The Bible tells us, let us not forget his benefits. There's a reward for being obedient and serving God. Amen. There is a reward, and we have to know that. So, in Esther uh, chapter 10, verse 3, as I was looking at this and hearing what God had to say, he said, God is seeking the wealth of his people. He's speaking peace to all his seed. And then in uh, Psalms 47 and 4, it said, he shall choose our inheritance for us. You know, a lot of times we make plans and we'll think we're supposed to do this. Uh, or somebody will tell us, you're supposed to do this. And we'll go with that. But it's God. It's God that has purposed you to do something. So you really have to find out what God is saying. What God is saying. And what would God have you to do? God tells us that he is our refuge and a very present help in the time of storm. That's Psalms 46 and 1. A very present help in the time of storm. The Bible said that he is not the, that, that has a contrite spirit and a broken heart. That he's there for you. So as, as you've gone through things, just know that this is a time of restoration was God is putting some things back together for us. The destinies that he called out for your families, he's putting those back in line that, that people in your family maybe didn't take the right road that God had called the family to. God is restoring those things at this time. Everything seemed to just be slowing down. God has given us a chance through this time to get ourselves right, uh, to, to get in line with what he said do. Because sometimes you can be so busy, you're not really hearing what God is saying to do. So we, God has slowed things down at this time so we can hear clearly. We can, we can uh, put things back the way he wanted them. Amen. He's restoring these things. So we have to hearken. We have to listen. We have to know to be still and hear him. Uh, it says that in uh, Psalms 46.10. That God will exalt um, you among the heathen. He will be exalted on the earth. God wants to use each and every one of us. Amen. And I always tell people, people like when um, I went to this conference down in Atlanta. And they were talking about everybody that has been born about 2007. That they're going to at least live to be 100 years old. You know, and I always say, I want to live to 120 years old. I want to make sure that everything in me that God has me to do, I can finish. And be in my right mind at 120 and still able to do some things. Amen. Like I say, this is a time of restoration. Um, like in the time of Nehemiah, when God had caused his people to go back and rebuild the wall that was torn down. 
And what we have to realize, what we have to do, Nehemiah wouldn't come off that wall. There were things happening all around him to, to try to bring him down off that wall. He said, no, I got to stay on this wall. I got to do this work. And a lot of, and this day and time of what's happening in the world, there's so much that is happening back to back to back. It's trying to get you off, off focus. So we have to know God, we talk about the sovereignty of God, but we have to know that he is really in control of everything. So as we moving with God, that he is sovereign and these things, he'll take care of those things in our lives. He'll take care of them. We shouldn't get so caught up in things that are happening around us because we know at the end, we win. Amen. In the end, we win. I think about King Hezekiah. When, when the prophet told him, you know, get your house in order because uh, you're going to die soon. And I believe it's time for the body of Christ to just get some things in order. We talk about the power and the move that we want, the, the uh, excuse me, the revival that we want. But the Bible tells us that judgment starts first in the household of God, household of faith. So we have to make sure that we're together, that we're going with God. So as he pours out his spirit to move, it won't be a situation like an Ananias and Sapphire, you know, that we live through this thing that he can actually use as, as a conduit for his power to flow through us. The power is yours if you just carry out and be obedient to do the work that God has for us. You are anointed to preach his word, the good tidings. You are anointed to bind the brokenhearted, to tell the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and you don't have to stay in the state that you're in. Amen? You don't have to stay. And to proclaim liberty to those that are captive, and to open the prisons to them that are bound. Bound. See, a lot of people, as I, as I talk to people and everything that's going on, a lot of people are bound. They can't see hope. And we have to be the ones to give them a word of hope. We have to let them know, hey, you might be in this place right now, but God has plans for you. You're not going to be in this place for long. We can, the Bible says we are the ones that call those things that be not as though they were. So it's time that we really use the power that God has given us to, to pour into the world, to, to speak what he has us to speak, to do what he has us to do, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen? That's the time that we're living in. These are, these are the times that the prophets of old wish they were in. Amen? They wish they were in these times. So we need to take full advantage of what God is doing. Now, I did tell you that... Uh, Amalek uh, deals with your morals. So your morals have to be right. Um, back in the age, we had this thing, what would Jesus do? So your morals, your ethics have to be right. Don't take bribes. Don't take shortcuts. And natum means foolishness or lack of sensitivity. And haman means division. So we can see that these are three big areas that cause us not to walk with God. He, we know he hates division. 
See, as I was studying this thing out, there, there are two things that deal. Well, these three things are huge. God does not want us to strive to cause division. And we can see everybody that participated in all three of these things, the end was swift. Amen? The end was, smith, was, was swift. So we have to know, the Bible says that, I remember when I was young, uh, one of my great-grandmas was a uh, Cherokee Indian, and she used to always talk about, see the clouds rolling, it's going to snow. She, you know, she would just always go out the door, she could tell, like, the weather and stuff. But the Bible tells us we got to know what season we're in. Just like we know uh, summer is coming, we got to know what God is, what he's coming with for the church, for his body. We know at the end, like I say, we win. But at the same time, we have to know where we need to position ourselves at this time. It's very important that we position ourselves at this time. I preached a message some time ago about the seven levels of influence that we need to be involved in. Uh, government, school system, the church. When we got the church thing, we will go and minister. Uh, we got missionaries. So, but there are, se there are seven different areas that we really need to, to be involved in. And that the Bible says this, that when the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. But when the wicked and the power are in power, the people suffer. So God does not want us to suffer, but he wants us to be in a, in a place that he can call upon us and use us as he sees fit to bless his body. The Bible tells us, especially those of the household of faith, that we should be uh, looking out for. Amen? We got to. As I said, it's a time of restoration. It's a time of restoration of relationships, and that's huge. Um, when I went deep sea fishing, uh, two of my brothers and my dad went with us. Uh, we all went together. And it was an opportunity uh, while we were out there in the sea to talk about some things, to make sure that our relationships are sure. Uh, as we're going through this um, time period that um, the staying home, my relationship with my wife. I mean, she was around. She was traveling. I was traveling. Now we both at home. So we're able to talk more. We're able to uh, study together and different things of that nature. So it's a great time that we're in. And we have to look at it like it's a fantastic time to, to shore up some holes. Like Pastor always uh, preach about the uh, putting money with bags with holes in it. So you can be in a relationship, and it can be running out too like that, that the love running out, the caring, the thoughtfulness. And it's time to sure those things up, sure those relationships up. And God has given us this time where we can do that. Amen? Amen. All right, well, that's all I have. So, amen.